You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Happy Tuesday, y'all. It is the Tuesday after the NBA trade deadline, and it's still chill ride and chill vibes around here on the Out of Sight podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network. I'm your host, Adil Royster. We got a uh, fan favorite, Tom West, on the podcast today. He always adds that just touch of class that I enjoy so much on the podcast. Talking about his piece last week that he did after the Sixers traded for George Hill, formerly of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He is now a Sixer. And uh, Tom, I, I feel like he's been a Sixer for quite some time now. Like every trade deadline, I feel like he's a name that always comes up somehow. I feel like, yeah, a couple of years, I feel like. Sixers <laughs> fans have been saying, oh, you know, he would be good, George Hill. Like, you know, I feel like you know he's been a very popular guy. George Hill. <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's finally here it finally happened george hill is a sixer um i want to start with this when it comes to kyle lowry who was the the big name uh what what are your what are your final thoughts about kyle lowry to the sixers as far as like are you happy they didn't spend all the assets to get him are you content with george hill what, what's your feeling right now yeah, I mean, I think heading into the deadline, I always thought that the best possible move the Sixers could make would be getting Kyle Lowry. I think he was the best realistic target they could have added. And I think adding someone like Kyle Lowry, just you know, his level of playmaking, his pull-up shooting, his overall three-point shooting, a bit of complimentary creation, you know, good guard defense. He kind of ticked loads of boxes and he really would have been a guy, I think, that could have lifted up the offense to another level that would have taken the Sixers, you know, it would really would have boosted their title chances. I think that would have given them a better shot with Brooklyn and that kind of thing. Um, I think he'd have made a real difference. But I think for the price that it ended up being, you know, I think, what was it, Matisse Thibel, Tyrese Maxey, two first round picks. And then obviously, you know, you've got Danny Green in that for salary and, you know, other other players to make up the salary matching. I think at that price, I think the Sixers made the right call. Um but I do think that George Hill obviously doesn't move the needle as much and that he doesn't do too much to really sort of take them up a level or, you know, give them the kind of firepower that would have helped them go toe-to-toe with Brooklyn. Um, so it's it's a good move and I think they made the right decision, but obviously, you know, a bit, a bit disappointing for Sixers fans, understandably, that they didn't get that guy to really sort of take them up another level, as helpful as George Hill can be. So it kind of feels like as opposed to shifting gears, they just kind of stayed in the current gear they're in a little bit. Yeah, maybe like a half gear. Like it's a it's a boost. <laughs> and you know, it's it's not the it's not the Vin Diesel Nas turbo injection boost that would have been Kyle Lowry. But you know, you know, stepping on the pedal just a little bit more, just a little more gas. Yeah, like we'll um, we'll get into it, I'm sure. Like there's a few, you know, plenty of areas I think George Hill can help. And you know, he's 
he's going to help them at both ends of the floor and he, he gives them some, you know, some different flexibility of lineups and stuff. But yeah, I do think that it's obviously not the kind of talent injection and the level of playmaking and, and scoring and shooting, particularly off the bounce, that the Sixers really could have used. Um, yeah, it's, you know, perimeter creation, I've, I've said going into the season that that was their sort of main weakness, and I still think that's the case. Even if they we, have, we all said that, Tom. Yeah, exactly. We've all been saying that. And <laughs> even though, I mean, to be fair, you know, they're, they're fair better in that department than I thought they would, and part of that is Embiid suddenly becoming an MVP player, um, Tobias Harris being better this year, you know, Shake Milton improving his creation. Obviously, Tyrese Maxey's had his moments, obviously has struggled a bit recently. Um, but they have had a few things to help in that area. Obviously, Seth Curry is another sort of helpful uh, secondary ball handler. But they still needed more. And I think Kyle Lowry would have kind of ticked that box, whereas George Hill, he helps in terms of, you know, another sort of steady hand at point guard, but he doesn't give them that kind of creation scoring and the extra shooting that really would have sort of taken them up a level. But it's, it's a good move nonetheless. And like I said, I think it was the right call given how much the Raptors were asking for. I think it's understandable that Daryl Morey and the Sixers turned that down. I think I think a lot of Sixers fans seemed very frustrated after the deadline and be like, why didn't you do anything? But if they gave up all that and then let's say they don't want a title or, you know, Lowry doesn't resign, whatever it is. Yeah, and Lowry probably, wanted a yeah. 50 million extension for two years. Just like, uh, no thanks. I'm I'm good. Appreciate the appreciate reaching out, but giving up Maxi Thibel two first round picks and potentially $25 million in salary that we could use, you know, elsewhere. No disrespect to Kyle Lowry, but yo, 25 million is a, that's a lot of bones to pony up for a 35 year old point guard. Mm. Like I'm not, Lowry's really good, but you know, I think even if Sixers fans were annoyed at not getting Lowry, I think I could equally see them in a year being annoyed. Like we lost <laughs> two of our best wing defenders our rotation is now shorter because we've lost Green and Thibel. You don't have Maxi as another sort of young guy to be a long-term piece. He's obviously on a much smaller, cheap scale contract, which is, you know, you really need when you've got Max guys like, you know, Simmons and Embiid and Harris. Um, and obviously the draft picks going as well. Like Maury explained it like he puts more weight on the current year when he's building a contender and he's trying to weigh up his title chances. You put more weight on the present, but, Right. That's not just your championship window, your championship window. He says he always looks in the kind of sort of two to four year period. And if you really help your title chances now, but you damage them significantly in the future, in those next sort of two to four or five years, that doesn't help your title chances overall because you're shortening your window and then taking it away in the future. Yeah, you you're trying you're, and you're preemptively, now, but... you're preemptively closing that window before you necessarily had to. Yeah, you want to try and prioritise now. Obviously, if you think you have a shot at a title this season, then you do what you can to get there. But if you then think you're going to take away your shots in the next few years, or at least make it much harder for you to win a title in like you know three different seasons in the future because you don't have assets, you don't have the flexibility, whatever it may be, you've lost a couple of other key players and then created another problem in your team. But let's say you know use, losing that wing defence, then you've not helped your title chances overall. And that's right. kind of how Maury was looking at it. And I think that makes sense given what the Raptors were asking for. I think this is a helpful move for now. And it does. it's going to help them in the future. It's going to help them over the next few years, not having given up all that stuff. Um, I still think they are going to need more if they really want to be title favourites. But 
they have given themselves more flexibility and more opportunities to make a move in the future to get that piece by not giving up everything for Lowry for this year. And we should talk about what kind of flexibility trading for George Hill over Kyle Lowry gives the Sixers, right? Because he's under contract for next season for 10 million, but he's only guaranteed about 1.2, 1.3, something like that. So even if they don't win the title this year, like George Hill on an expiring like that with those numbers, that's easily movable in the off season as like salary filler or something like that. He's not exactly like a cap killer. He doesn't have one of those kinds of contracts. And like you said, Daryl is looking two to four years ahead. So I, I think that not giving up Thibel and Maxi and all those picks, I think that was a much better idea. Yeah, exactly. And like, Maurice said, you know, they, they think George Hill's going to be a really key part of the team. And obviously having him signed for next year at a good price, that's really helpful to have. And, you know, like you said, that sort of medium-sized contract is really useful to have, whether it's, you know, using in another trade. Like the six don't have loads of those salaries, like, which is why Danny Green has always kind of been the guy that's been in trade talks and trade rumours. He's in everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, whether it's Evan Fournier or Kyle Lowry or whoever it may be. He was their only sort of, you know, 10 to 15 type million salary player guy. And obviously now having another one of those types of players in Georgia was really useful. And, it, you know, if things don't work out, he can be an expiring deal. Um, and yeah, you can use him in another move down the lane if you have to. If he does work out and he's a really helpful part of the team over the rest of the season, and I, I definitely think he can be, then you've got him signed for a decent price and you've still got all your other assets there. And then you can you know, look at what other options you have. And that's also something else that, you know, Darren Moore stressed after the deadline. He's saying he thinks they've made an upgrade now, but they've kept all the bullets in the chamber for the future. If another opportunity does come up where they can make a move, they have the pieces to do that. Um, so they were clearly sort of trying to do something. They didn't want to just stand pat, but they've kept their options open for the next couple of years. So I think they did a good job of trying to sort of balance those, those two, uh, those two factors. When you read around the league and certain media types, they're kind of lukewarm on it. And they're saying that the Sixers didn't do enough to move the needle, considering, you know, Brooklyn got Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge. And you know what? If Brooklyn wants to mess around with those like older over 35 bigs, that's fine. That's just more shrapnel for Joel Embiid to to explode in a, in a playoff series like this this seven game brooklyn philly series barring catastrophic injuries like that's definitely happened that's a collision waiting to happen and one word that is constantly brought up about george hill is the adjective of steady and in the second unit that's not exactly the, something the sixers have so do you think that just having hill as a steadier of the second unit and maybe even playing some crunch time too i think that's just, i think that's huge because the Sixers don't have that. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Um, you know, like I said, you know, they are missing that sort of creative scoring. And, you know, George Hill isn't going to be, you know, breaking loads of guys down off the dribble and, you know, getting to the rim loads and, you know, shooting off the dribble. But he's still going to help. Yeah, just like you said, sort of steady hand at point guard. He can run a bit of pick and roll. He can attack, close out. He's going to make the right reads. He's going to keep the ball moving. He's not going to bog down the offense. He'll make good decisions. And just having someone else like that who can help the bench with shake 
is going to be really useful. And I think another change that Dot needs to sort of embrace more moving forward, you know, once Embiid is back, is just giving Tobias Harris more minutes with the second unit. I think Tobias plus bench units have been pretty good, or at least good considering <laughs> that Simmons and Embiid aren't there. They've been about as good as you could hope for. And I think you need, you can't have, keep running these all bench They haven't been catastrophic. They haven't been catastrophic L's. Yeah, I mean, the last time <laughs> I checked the numbers, they were actually positive. They were at like a plus five. And, you know, part of that was just helped by, the, you know, this good stretch that the Sixers have gone on recently without um, Embiid. But even still, they've not done that. And if you can just hold up <laughs> without Embiid, that's fine. Um, so if you can have, you know, rather than just these all bench units, you have Harris there and you have George Hill there. That's a lot of extra sort of ball handling, a bit of extra shooting, a bit of extra scoring that's going to be really useful. Um, and obviously, you know, come the playoffs, they're not going to be running all bench units. Like the rotation is going to be down to like eight, nine guys. But even still just having potentially, you know, staggering Harris in there and then throwing in George Hill is going to make a nice difference rather than just having Shake be like the only guy who can sort of reliably create anything. So what you're saying is no B-ball Paul minutes in the playoffs unless it's garbage time. I mean, that's the G League MVP. So you put B-ball <laughs> Paul in, but uh, maybe not. Maybe, yeah. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not going to sign the B-ball Paul. But um, yeah, just yeah, just give it to Tobias Harris next to him and then, uh, and then see what happens. <laughs> uh, with George Hill, he was a crunch time performer with the Spurs and he was kind of a crunch time guy with Milwaukee. Do you think Hill's going to see some crunch time? Like the last five minutes of a game, you'll see like Hill, Simmons, Harris, Embiid, just some combination with George Hill as like the, the point guard, just kind of steadying the crunch time unit. I think, I think that's quite likely uh, to be honest. Um, Maury said about, when he, you know, talking about why they're interested in George Hill, one of the things he kept stressing was just defense. And obviously, you know, having George Hill is another guy who can kind of do a solid job at both guard spots. And you know, he's he's got good, he's got pretty solid size. You know, like six four, he's got a good wingspan. He can he can switch up onto some threes. That alone is obviously really helpful. But I think what Maury also, obviously, and the six as a whole were interested in was just having guys who you can put in a playoff situation and you know you can rely on them at both ends of the floor. Um, Maury did say that, you know, the Sixers have had quite a few lineups where there is a guy that other teams can attack. Um, and I think if you go for, let's say you take the starting lineup and you just take Seth Curry out and you put George Hill in there, I think that's the kind of closing lineup that we could potentially see more, um, at least in a situation where they do feel like Seth Curry could maybe be attacked. Um, I don't. I don't think he's a terrible defender. Like you know, he competes, and that is something. Right. When you're, let's say, going against the Brooklyn, and they've got like three of the best scorers ever, <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to be doing everything. And you know, they've got a couple of bigs like you know Blake and Aldridge, who you know aren't amazing now. They don't add tons to that team, but they can you know beat a switch inside. Like if they get Seth Curry in the post, they're going to have their way. If and obviously, you know, I'm not saying George Hill is going to be locking guys down in the post, but if you yeah. have if you have solid defensive options across the board, that's what you want in those playoff situations. So yeah, I think basically just taking the starting lineup and potentially swapping out Seth for George Hill is kind of the thing we could see a little bit. If the Sixers feel like their offense is doing fine, but they just need to come up with some stops. I think that can sort of be happening. Um, obviously George Hill isn't the same shooter as Seth Curry, but he's absolutely fine. You know, he's a really efficient spot up guy. 
um, if you're if you're getting a defensive upgrade there, I think we could see those groups quite a bit in sort of closing situations. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. George Hill has shot 38.4%. I'm quoting your column here. 38.4% from deep for his career and 40% over the last six. He also shot 46% last year. So putting him in the Seth Curry spot in closing time, again, I keep saying it, in a series against Brooklyn, I feel a hell of a lot better with him guarding Kyrie than I do with Seth Curry. And, you know, Simmons would be on Harden and Tobias would body up on Kevin Durant a little bit. I, I feel a lot better now. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a really helpful upgrade then. He's not gotten to be a lockdown guy, but that's fine. Like, he's a clear upgrade there. Um, he does give them a bit more switching ability. Like I said, you know, he can kind of switch up onto some wings, um, which is something that Seth Curry can't do the same. So I think if you've got, you know, you could have some really interesting lockdown lineups, you know, with like Simmons, Hill, uh, Harris has been better on defense this year. You throw in Thibault and Embiid, like you can have some really interesting groups. There. Obviously Danny Green as well for more shooting. Um, they can do a lot. They can, you know, switch a little bit more. They can take away sort of any clear weaknesses at once and maintain shooting with Hill and he can help handle the ball a little bit. So he does sort of give them some new lineup options that I think are quite interesting. And he sort of gives them enough at both ends of the floor where they're not really sacrificing too much. Um, and that's not an option they had before the trade. So I definitely think, yeah, he, he does sort of help them in a few areas. When he's not in the crunch time five, I'm honestly kind of excited to see him be in the backcourt with shake and then maybe shake plays more off ball kind of take some responsibilities off of him i feel like that's going to loosen up shake's game a little bit more yeah i think that would be good to see i mean it's it's a weird one with shake this year because he's been better in literally <laughs> everything except the three-point shooting yeah it's weird um, as hell it's a, it's a, yeah like he's literally been better at everything you know he got stronger He's been better on defense. He's been better creating off the dribble. Like his mid-range game has been nice this year. He's, he's getting to the rim fairly well. Like his free throw rate's gone up quite a bit um, from the last I looked at his numbers. Like he's doing everything better. His production's up. It's just the three-point shot dropping yeah. off. And I think if you can take away some of his ball handling reps and just, you know, yeah, like you said, give him a few more chances off the ball and just have a bit less defensive attention on him with, you know, having George Hill out there who can help handle a bit. And, you know, like I said, ideally Tobias Harris in more second units as well, then it does just take the pressure off that and might help him get a few more easier looks squatting up off the ball. 
um, maybe get him going a little bit from three again because that's that's literally the only <laughs> sort of part of his game, which is, which is a weird one. But I do think it can correct itself. Like we have such a long track record, you know, through college and obviously last season of him being a, a really good three point shooter. I do think it will come around eventually. Um, but I do, yeah, George Hill could help him sort of fit in a, a role that's better suited for what he does. Yeah, can we put Shake back in the bubble? Like, can can we like somehow <laughs> yeah. can we somehow get the team back in the bubble so that you know we're reminded of Shake was last year? Not to say he's not good, but like you said, like everything is good except for the three point shooting. It's it's weird as hell. <laughs> um, the other thing that I like about this George Hill signing, it's another one of those trades for that veteran playoff dude that's been here before that's seen some things teaches you know the younger guys like the the shakes and maybe even ben simmons just like okay here's where you need to be this is what we need to do like this that and the other thing is just it's more steady mindfulness and i think that's another little not so much talked about wrinkle of this george hill trade yeah i think that's important as well like it can be really easy to you know throw out the cliche like oh he's a good vet but it does apply Listen, in this like some there team, are some players every, that it applies to every championship team needs one or two good vets you would yeah you do <laughs> you do need them and it, it's it, it's easy to throw it around but i mean george hill you know so much perfect experience and you know i think a phrase more used a few times was playoff tested um in terms of defense and generally just decision making like you know, George Hill making good decisions and being sort of he's someone you can rely on to make the right call, you know, with the ball and, and stuff is, is something he highlighted. Um, especially when he was making those, in. especially when he was making those runs with San Antonio with Popovich. Yeah, like he's got a lot of good, perfect experience under his belt. And I think with, you know, since the start of training camp this year, like Danny Green and Dwight Howard have both been really keen to sort of take on those leadership roles just with the perfect experience they have, you know, being older than the other guys on the team. And, you know, everyone else on the team has so much praise for what those guys can do as, you know, leaders, giving them little pointers and things like that. And I think come the playoffs, that is something you want. You know, you need those guys. And when they're actually right. helpful players as well, when it's not just a token bet who's, you know, <laughs> barely playing, but he's been to the playoff a bunch in the past, like George Hill is actually going to help on the floor. You know, when you have him to sort of steady things, whether, you know, he's, he's holding up on defence, you know, being in the right spots or just making the right reads with the ball, um, or, you know, helping out in the locker room, whatever it is, that's, that's, yeah, that's important. Like you said, you, you can't overlook that either. And, you know, he's got so many of those reps under his belt. You know, you throw in Danny Green in there as well. And, you know, obviously, you know, Dwight Howard a bit off the bench, you know, when it, when he's, you know, having one of his better games, at least, and not fouling too much. Like having a few of those guys there who weren't there last season is, uh, yeah, it's definitely a nice bonus to have. All things considered, I'm very happy with the Sixers just kind of staying in neutral over the trade deadline. Kyle, Kyle Lowry would have been awesome, but, you know, George Hill, that that's no slouch neither. Like, that's that's one of those smart moves that championship teams kind of make. It's the, the underrated stuff. Yeah, not everything has to be a home run, you know, and a, a major sort of blockbuster acquisition. And I do think, yeah, like I said, I think they needed someone like Kyle Lowry level or, you know, obviously earlier in the season, I think could have got him James Harden to <laughs> really sort of give them the premise creation they need. And, I, you know, that is, that's still a weakness now because they only have George Hill. But like we've said, he does help at both ends of the floor. They've still got better right now. 
and like we said, they've got the flexibility for the future, you know, with keeping draft picks on board. They've still got their wing defenders, you know, Matisse Seibel and Danny Green. They've got some options now. They've kept their depth in place. And I do think in the future that is going to help them. Obviously, you want to, you know, you maximise your chances this year. And I do think, you know, it's unfortunate the Sixers couldn't get that kind of star guard, to, you know, and also to maximise Embiid's MVP season because, you know, this may be the best he ever is. We don't know. Maybe he'll replicate this next year. You know, right. we'll have to just wait and see. Maybe he, maybe he's even better. Maybe he, you know, he gets <laughs> even better against double teams and he can sustain the, you know, the awesome mid-range shooting and, you know, the other stuff he's done. Um, and him, this being this sort of better conditioned version of himself is just the new normal now. And, you know, he can stay healthy. That might be the case as well. You know, we have to wait and see, but not being able to make the absolute most of this season is unfortunate. And, you know, they might not win the title this year. And, you know, I think that would be understandable with what their roster is like. But yeah, they've made an upgrade and they've kept their, you know, their flexibility moving forward. And I think that's going to help them in the future. So if they have extended their title window rather than going all in on this year, you know, with Kyle Lowry and then potentially not winning anyway, I, I think that was the right call with, you know, what was available to them at the deadline, how, how much the asking price was. You heard it here first. Tom West said next year, Joel Embiid will average over seven assists per game. You heard it here. (laughs) You heard it right here. March 30th, 2021. You heard it right here. So send all your thank yous in advance to Tom West on Twitter. Oh, yeah. That's going to be (laughs) tough for him to do. (laughs) Well, I always close out podcast with you with the same thing and just asking you how things are going across the pond with the uh pandemic uh things are things are on the up and up over here you know we got we got shots in arms coming there's like a hundred million or more shots that have been handed out over the last since biden took office so I, i don't know how are things going over there yeah, similar things are things are improving. We've just kind of got past uh, giving half of adults their first dose, which is great. Um, we've had about three million, I think, who've received both doses. You know, the elderly, which is great. Um, so yeah, yeah, like the the you know the vaccine the rollout has been going well. Um, we've had a lot of issues over here, but I can't complain with how well they've rolled out the vaccine. So that's been really really good and restrictions are starting to ease up a little bit now we've just got to today actually is uh where we can meet i think it's in group of six outside oh you're up uh, to six nice yeah it's from two households you can have up to <laughs> six people outside so uh we're starting to get a little bit of that's, that's a nice little three little bit of a lockdown game. change so uh yeah socially distanced 3v3 but uh yeah no things that yeah things that things are starting to ease up a little bit um and the rollout's going well so yeah it's yeah i don't want to jinx anything but it's it's going well at the moment so yeah yeah, we're heading in the right direction i'm I'm knocking on wood right now yeah Um, exactly (laughs) i i have i have my second moderna vote I have my second Moderna dose coming up on Friday, so that'll that'll be good. And then I'll be completely done. And uh, funny enough, I'm going to be playing organized basketball the following Thursday. So that's going to be fun. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, that's that's. Great I'm not that wasting any time that you're getting into basketball. <laughs> I am not wasting any time getting my summer started. Like my entire summer was nuked last summer. I'm making up for lost time, people. I'm sorry. That's how this works. <laughs> Oh no, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, still waiting on my vaccine, but as soon as I can, 
I'm going to be very excited to get that. So, yeah, listen, we'll, we'll see. I, listen, I'm not wiling out like people in Miami, and I'm sure Tom isn't doing that nonsense either. So it's fine. Just, yeah, just stand at home waiting for my job. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, always a pleasure having you on. Like I said, you always seem to add that touch of class. I don't know if it's the intelligent conversation. I don't know if it's the accent. I don't know if it's both. But you know what? I love having you on the show either way. I'm not. Yeah, I'd, if <laughs> I'm not sure about the class, but if, if you say so, then that's that's fine. I always, I'm always happy coming on. So, yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> it's just a running joke that me and Steve have. It's nice. It's awesome. I love it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Tom on Twitter. Uh, Tom, tell everybody your handle real quick. Uh, at Tom West NBA on Twitter, and then obviously all my work, uh, you can read at libertyballers.com. Tom West, always appreciate having you on the podcast. Appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon. Stay safe, stay healthy, buddy. You too. Speak soon, man. All righty. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.